As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Sleeping with the Numbers podcast. Dylan and Pat here. We missed you last week. Uh, I was in Vegas for a concert, so I was doing my gambling there. Um, but uh, we're, we're back at it, Pat. We're back at it. But luckily, if you do follow our picks on the website or Action Network, you got those in. And uh, I think we did pretty well. Let me let me look over how we did here. Uh, so week seven. Uh, money line. I went ten and four. Pat seven and seven. Spread. I went nine and five. Pat, you also went seven and seven. Uh, over under ten and four. Okay, that that worked out well there for me. Pat, uh, six and eight. That was your only negative one. Uh, for the model, week seven. The model went seven and seven on both the money line and the spread. But remember, just because a model picks something does not mean it's going to bet it. Um, and I would assume that's the case for a lot of these uh, money line picks, just because usually the money line picks their odds are poop. So like I believe like the uh, what last week Green Bay was probably favored by like three hundred or something like that. You don't take that bet for obvious reasons because they lost. But the model with what it did bet for last week, it'll show me. Uh, it went 11 and 8 on the actual bet. So 11.12% return on investment. Not too bad there. Um but yeah, please follow our action networks just in case what happens last week happens again where we're not here, but you know, we're still making our picks anyways and you can follow them on those sources. Uh Quick question, Pat. We didn't discuss this before we we hopped on here, but uh, something I saw when I was in Vegas, um, I was at the sports book and they had this piece of paper, and the piece of That's paper a bet slip. that is a bet slip, but it, it felt like a bingo card. And so, mm. what it was, it was called. Uh, I have a picture of it here. Let me let me pull it up so I get the name right. But it was uh, for for teasers, and uh, let me open thing uh what day was that here we go it's called the big teaser card and basically what it had was every college game and every nfl game for the weekend and monday night football um and you have kind of like a scantron and you fill it in with a pencil exactly like a scantron but the way they have the lines for the teasers you know, normally for a teaser, it's a six-point tease, or if you're doing a sweetheart teaser, if the uh, book lets you do that, it's a ten-point tease. But they have the the uh, spread set, so they're all the same exact odds. And what you do is you just fill out the ones you want to take. You need a minimum of four. You get all four, you get like three extra money or something like that. Um, you can do up to 20 of these, but it was kind of interesting and I didn't get a chance to do it because Sunday I was at, um, the, when we were young festival and I didn't get to watch a single down of football. Uh, but just to kind of read off like the, the teases here. So the Steelers, Pat, they had them at plus 17 and a half. I'm like, yeah, I would take that. Obviously they covered the normal spread. So that, that would have hit. Um, but they're all made to be at the exact same odds. So let's look at a favorite um, who was probably a big favorite, the bucks. So even though they were teased and they lost, 
uh, they were only teased to minus one and a half points. Um, so you can take as many of these as you want, up to 20, um, including college, and you were able to um, kind of get paid out that way. Uh, but I guess leading into this, Pat, do you do many teaser bets, and what do you think uh, about them? I personally don't. I get a little nervous by them because, as you can tell, I'm really bad with the spread in general. Uh, for me, I, I think it's great if you are feeling confident and you have money to spend, but I personally don't do them, but that's more because I'm conservative when it comes to what I do. But I guess that's my preference. Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't usually do them as much uh, with football. The only ones I do 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 uh-huh, um, are the Wong teasers, which are when a team is favorited from seven and a half to eight and a half, or if a team is a dog from one and a half to two and a half. Those I will take because they've been statistically proven to work well enough and well enough that books actively avoid those numbers because they know about the Wong teaser, this mathematician. Uh, I believe he was actually a uh, a poker guy or a blackjack guy who kind of figured this out. Um, but he figured it out, and so sportsbooks will actively try to avoid those key numbers. But if they're available, that's the only time I'll, I'll take it. Uh, the other key thing there is um, don't take it when the over-under is 50 or more. Um, those have been proven to be a bit more wild. Uh, you want lower scoring games because the points are going to be closer together and then generally your teasers will hit but nothing's guaranteed uh i'm i'll do more teasers around like uh march madness and stuff like that but not not so much for football but pat let's jump into our bets for the well bets and picks for the week uh yesterday we had tampa bay baltimore uh, I, the only bet I actually took there was the over and I had to clinch my butt there because it did not look good for a very long time. And I, I don't know, neither one of those teams looked like they wanted to win until like mid third quarter. And by then half of the, the Ravens were just out of the game and, and Tom Brady didn't look good. You got fantasy points out of them, I guess. I think he broke 20 Lamar barely broke 20, but you look at these teams, Pat, and coming into the season, we expected, you know, a good deal from them. I think we both had them easily making playoffs when we did our season-long predictions. But how do you how do you feel about them now? I don't feel great. I think my concern with the Ravens is that they're kind of going through what they did last year, where they're going through a running back carousel. Yeah. And for me, it doesn't seem like the offense is really clicking, but also they don't have any offensive weapons either because Mark Andrew left. And Rashad Bateman was kind of pointless. And outside of those two, we don't really have anything else to go off of. So I'm kind of nervous that the Ravens won't last. And as for the the Bucks, I think the offensive line, and they can say what they want about TV, but from what we've seen, uh, their offensive line hasn't been as great. And I think that for me, the Bucks should still be competitive. Like they were at least in the game last night, which is better than what they were with the Steelers. Because in reality, I mean, the Steelers should have killed them with the amount of interception options they had. So I, I think I'm more concerned with the Ravens than I am the Bucks. Yeah, that's fair. The Bucks, I guess, at least have a. It's hard to say because they lost to to the Carolina just uh, 
uh, I guess a week and a half ago at this point, but it, it doesn't look um, good for them. You know, we expected them to win their division. Uh, Ravens, it's going to be tougher for. It kind of looks like even the AFC North in general is a toss-up, and that that's a little bit what we expected uh, coming into the season. Not so much because we thought every team was going to be good, but we thought every team was going to be around the same level. So both of those teams worry me. Uh, you know, maybe for fantasy-wise, Pat, let's talk about some guys that had some decent games. You know, Leonard Fournette got a touchdown and kind of saved his fantasy day, but he didn't look good on the ground that much. And Tom Brady's having a hard time kind of um, giving output to his skill position. So would you go out and trade Leonard Fournette if you had him? Or would you even go to try and, and buy him or any of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Kind of buy them low before your fantasies hit your uh, your buy low. I'm sorry, your trade deadlines. I considered actually making trade offers for Leonard Fournette because for me, the running back room in, entirely, not just in Tampa Bay, but just across the league has been awful. And even though he had a down game, like you said, he's still outperforming Jonathan Taylor. He's still outperforming Dalvin Cook in terms of points. So for me, I'm I'm more than willing to place a bet on that, especially because personally, I've already lost Brees Hall, James Robinson got traded, and I lost Rashad Penny. My three guys who like I'm like these are, this is gonna be my three rotation of like my cheap running backs. They've all been gone. So out of desperation, I would take a Leonard Fournette. But if it was me, I'd probably look elsewhere. Like honestly, if you could trade for James Robinson super low, I would because he should be okay. Same thing with a guy like a Gus Edwards, because he didn't do very well last night either. Yeah, uh, Gus, I, I guess he ended up hurt after the game, um, making Kenyon Drake yet again relevant after I fucking drop him. Uh, so I, I don't know what to do. I'm not picking up Drake uh, a second time. That just does not seem worth it. Like you said, it's a carousel. We don't know who the guy is going to be. And quite honestly, the guy is going to be Lamar. Uh, he's he's going to run the ball, and, and he does it very well, probably better than really any of those running backs that they have behind him. So I I actually ended up trading for Leonard Fournette here uh, yesterday. Uh, I have a, a dynasty league, and I traded Justin Herbert, Andy Dalton, which I didn't even really consider. He was just kind of a throw in there. And next year's second-round rookie pick. For Leonard Fournette, Trevor Lawrence, Chris Olave, and a six-round rookie pick. Again, six-round rookie pick really doesn't mean much at all. But I felt like the value, I was essentially trading Herbert in a second for Leonard and Olave. And Olave, I feel like, is going to be a great long-term asset, which is really the biggest reason I took this. Leonard Fournette might be coming, you know, to an end here in a year or two, um, but Trevor and Chris Olave, for certain, uh, they definitely have a future in this league. So I was kind of willing to take a shot on them here. Um, massive Justin Herbert fan, but the value I was offered was just too much. All right, so let's jump into our picks here. We have, sadly, another London game. It looks like it's going to rain. 9.30 a.m. kickoff. Uh, the 2-5 and five Denver Broncos are taking on the 2-5 and five Jaguars somewhat surprising giving you know how everyone felt about the Broncos at the beginning of the year but the Jags are actually two and a half point 
favorites. Minus 135 on the money line, plus 114 for the Broncos. A very low over-under of just 40.5 points. Um, For this one, Pat, I just have zero faith in Russell Wilson. I actually think they have a better chance if he didn't play. But he was apparently jogging all around the airplane, pissing everyone off as they're trying to sleep, as they fly over the ocean. Um, he, he's playing. He's he's there. And Real question, Pat. Do you think the team just kind of hates Russell Wilson for his antics? I don't know if they hate him, but it's more of annoying now. If they were winning, they would love it. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily him. I think it's just the fact that they suck. Yeah. And and they get to put up with him for years to come. And he's you know what really upset me if I was on the team is the fact that that guy is making way more money than I am. And and he's performing like this and acting like this. It's just I don't know. Maybe I'm just petty. I'm not uh on the football field. I'm not on a football team. I'm not making massive amount of money, but Man, that would just bug me, especially, like you said, if, if you're not winning the games. But for me, Pat, I am taking the Jags to win and cover. I don't have any belief in Russell. And these uh, London games seem to cause defenses to disappear. Uh, Broncos defense is good. I don't care. Uh, I think 40 and a half is very low. And these games over in London have been shootouts so far. So I'm going to stick with that trend. I kind of went the opposite way. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game because, like you said, you know, Russ can dance around the plane, but we don't know if he's actually going to play. If he doesn't play, actually, even if he does play, I don't think that it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think they both suck. I, I think that the Jags, I wouldn't say made a mistake getting rid of James Robinson, but I think what's concerning to me is that after Travis Etienne, there's nobody. I have the I have Denver covering. Denver winning, and I'll take the under just because I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a bad game. I don't know why, especially if it rains. This is can you imagine just a running match between Etienne and Gordon? I don't know if I'd really want to watch that. Nah, it it would just kind of be sad, especially on the Gordon side, watching him kind of fumble around. All right, next matchup here, divisional matchup. The 2-5 and five Panthers take on the 3-4 and four Atlanta Falcons. This division, quite honestly, is, is open for the taking. So uh, Falcons are four-point home favorites, minus 207 on the money line, which, again, that seems like a lot to me. Uh, plus 173 for Carolina, over-under of just 41 points here, and I will be taking that under. These teams just aren't big scores and especially when the Falcons are only completing, you know, 10 to 15 passes a game. I, I don't believe in any part of that. Falcons are just going to continuously run the ball, get two to three yards, a rush, do nothing with it and run out that clock. That is all they can do. Um, with that said, I mean, Carolina just beat Tampa Bay. So I think they're coming off a little hot and they, speaking of, they can beat Tampa Bay after trading their best player in Christian McCaffrey, which is maybe more impressive. Um, But also they didn't play Baker. So that's another good thing. Actually, that's something I should look up is Baker playing. If Baker's playing, I'm about to change my entire bet here. Um, I got to look that up. Okay. While you look that up, I'll tell you mine. So I'm taking Carolina plus four, the over 41 and I'll take Carolina win. 
mainly because I think they're going to keep riding the high of, you know, Matt Rule's gone. And until further notice, I think it could go either way. Both these teams stink. So as far as I can tell, Baker, Baker is healthy, but PJ is still going to be the starter. Okay, good. Love it. Good. That's awesome. Okay. I am taking the Panthers to win and cover as well, and I will take the under. Perfect. I, that That's hilarious to me. They're paying way too much money to what are now two backup quarterbacks. Fantastic. Great job, Carolina. Oh, uh, boy, oh, boy. The three and four Chicago Bears taking on the five and two Cowboys. Dak is back, and they didn't really need him to do much, so it's a little hard for me to say that he looked bad. I mean, he kind of did, but they also didn't need him to do much. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is also going to be out of this game. He's banged up, looking like Pollard is now going to get his chance to fully take over that backfield. But we know as soon as Zeke's healthy, he's going to come right back to it. And quite honestly, they probably see that it is the Bears, and they are not worried about it at all. Cowboys are 10-point home favorites. Minus 463 on the money line, plus 354 for the Bears, an over-under of just 42 and a half points here. Um, I think it's going to be, I'm going to say low scoring, but I still think it's going to be over 42 and a half. So I'm taking the over there. But I do not really expect this to be kind of a back and forth shootout. It's going to be messy much like the Monday night football game was with the Bears in New England, where it was just, it was like everyone was running through mud, uh, except Ramon Dre Stevenson. He looked great. So I'm going to take the Cowboys to win, but the 10-point spread is large enough for me um, to take the Bears to cover. Um, that That's just a very large spread. So Cowboys to win, Bears to cover, and over 42.5 points for me. Yeah, I'm in the same ballpark outside of the over-under. I'm going to take the under, and it's kind of the same logic that you had. I think that that big of a spread's huge. I, I haven't been super impressed with Dallas's offense lately, and obviously because, like you said, Dak just came back, but until we see some more consistent rhythm, like the Bears looked okay last game, and I, I think they're they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable with Justin Fields, so for me, I, I feel like it's it's not going to be high scoring, but I don't think it's going to be the Bears throwing eight times and just getting blown out of the water. I think they're, they're going to be more competitive. It is concerned that they just trade away Robert Quinn, but I don't know if that's going to make a huge difference tonight. Or not, sorry, tonight, uh, Sunday. Uh, Justin Fields passing touchdowns over and under one half. What are you taking? Like one half or one and a half? Uh, just a half, 0.5. Oh boy, I'll take the one. Cool. That's that's actually the odds favor right now. And under, so I, it's just so much easier to say no passing touchdowns is currently at plus one fifty. Um, I don't know the way their run game has been working. That that seems okay. But Mooney looked all right against uh, New England, who was supposed to be a somewhat tough matchup, but they kind of just steamrolled them there. Uh, all right, next matchup here, the Miami Dolphins, 4-3, and three, going to take on the 1-5 and five Detroit Lions. DeAndre Swift uh, should be coming back this game. St. Brown is currently questionable. Keep an eye on him. 
I believe it sounded like he was trending to play. And like we talked about before, Pat, with these new rules for concussions, they said he doesn't have a concussion, but he's still in the protocol because he was all wobbly, which keeps him in the concussion protocol. So they're just being very cautious anymore uh, since what happened to Tua. Completely fair, but if he can play and he's not actually concussed, he's going to be out there. Uh, Dolphins are three and a half point away favorites, minus 188 on the money line, plus 157 for the Lions, a super high over under of 51 and a half points. Neither defense is very good. Actually, the Lions defense is ranked dead last by pro football focus. Um, given that, I don't think the offenses are, are going to be there either. So it, it's going to be a very difficult time to hit that 51 and a half. So I'm going to take the under there. Um, I'm also going to take Miami to win and cover. They seem to be getting back on that horse, playing well with Tua back. Um, and I, I, I trust them to do it. Chase Edmonds is obviously a disappointment. Everyone thought he was going to be the guy, but somehow Ray Mostert ends up being the dude for Miami. And he's playing well. Um, but I, I don't expect them to have uh, such a back-and-forth game to go over that 51.5. So I will take Miami to win, cover, and under 51.5 points. Well, it seems like one of us is going to be really wrong in the spread. So, or not the spread, over-under. I'm struggling tonight. Anyways, Miami to win, cover, and I'll take the over. I, f- I feel like I was shocked with Detroit's past few offenses, ex- offensive experiences, but... Now that DeAndre Swift is back, I feel a little bit more confident that they're going to be better. So I'll take the over. I was not impressed with Miami's defense with the way Pickett was pulling them apart. A game that I do think is going to be high scoring, 3-4 and four Arizona Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins back, taking on the 5-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are just 3.5 point uh, home favorites, minus 187 on the money line, plus 155 for the cards. An over-under of 49 points, and I will take that over. I think this one can actually turn into a great offensive showing with both Hopkins, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. James Conner has been rolled out, so it's going to be Eno Benjamin again, who looked great last week uh, against New Orleans. Yes, New Orleans defense was a bit banged up, but you know a banged-up New Orleans defense is basically equal to a Minnesota Vikings defense. So I, I expect this one to kind of be back and forth. Carolina's Carolina Arizona Cardinals uh, defense is nothing to write home about either. So I'm going to take Minnesota to win and cover this one. And I will take the over. Um, I, I do like the Cardinals, but three and a half points for a Vikings team that has looked solid all season. Whereas the Cardinals are just kind of getting back into it with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to take the team that has been doing it all season. Yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota to win and cover as well. And I'm going to take the under. I disagree. I, I have not been impressed with Arizona. And I know that DeAndre Hopkins should get 30 targets, but I don't I don't see their offense putting up their fair share. So the implied total would be what? I can't even do it. 49 minus, what, 27 for the winning team, basically. Um, I, I just can't see Arizona putting up three touchdowns. 
Are you playing Hopkins this week, Pat, in fantasy? Yeah, because I need to justify when I'm going to trade him to you. Because, I, like I said, I know you have Marquise on IR, and for me, I, I feel like after a while, you can only get so many targets before you start getting shut down. Because there's literally no, there's nobody else. And I think that's why James Conner did so well last year, is because they would drive the ball and they just run him. And they're they're not doing that. Teams are going to go back to double, triple covering Hopkins because they know that's what they're going to have to do. And then I have Eno Benjamin, so maybe that just means they hand him the ball while everyone's covering Hopkins. So who knows? Two and four, Las Vegas Raiders taking on the two and five New Orleans Saints. Raiders are a point and a half away favorites, minus 121 on the money line, plus 101 for the Saints. Over under of 49 and a half points here. It sounds like similar situation here, uh, kind of like Carolina. Uh, Jameis seems to be healthy enough to play, but they are going to keep rolling with Andy Dalton because I, I don't know why, because, but that that's what they're doing. Uh, go... Go Saints. Good job. Um, Darren Waller has not looked good. He's banged up here. Keep an eye on him to see if he plays or not. And even if he does play, I'm actually benching him on my one team for Mike Kosicki. Uh Waller has looked rough. He doesn't get nearly the same amount of targets as he did before. Uh, he's just not a necessity anymore with Devontae Adams there. Um, e- even Matt Collins has, Hollins has been showing up. Renfro's there, so it they're spreading the ball around a bit more. That's weird to say, even though Devontae's still dominating the targets, but they are. Uh, Waller is not a necessity anymore, so I, I have to bench him. He's not a must-start anymore in this league. Um, For my picks, though, I was very much flip a coin here. I am not really a fan of either one of these teams. Um, I likely won't actually bet on this game because I think it is such a coin flip. But if I had to make a pick, which I do, that's part of the show, I'm going to take the Raiders to win, Saints to cover, and I will take the over. Um, These teams have been putting up points. If we look at their last three games for both of them, the Raiders have put up 38-29-32. The Saints have put up 34-26-39. So they're they're getting some scoring going. Now again, they're they haven't played against the best defenses, but neither one of these defenses are are very good either. Uh it sounds like Lattimore might no, yeah, he's already declared out here. Uh torso injury still keeping Lattimore out, which means Devontae Adams is gonna just run free and do whatever the hell he wants. So I will be taking the over forty nine and a half. I think for the sake of being different, I'm gonna take the under. And I'll take Las Vegas to win and cover. I think if the Saints declare that Andy Dalton's the starter, to me that's concerning. Because like you said, Devontae Adams should have a great game, but I also am concerned with Chris Olave. Is he just going to be kind of like capped off at this, uh, I don't know, six or seven receptions for like 90 yards and maybe a touchdown? Because I think what we expected when, we, when he came into the league was he's going to start almost not being Devontae Adams-esque, but those are the types of games he could possibly have, and he's yet to have that. He's been a consistent 15 points in like half PPR. 
which is great for a rookie. But it, at the same time, the expectation, I think, was that he could eventually start to dominate. And I'm waiting for that to happen, and Andy Dalton's not a part of that process. Yeah, when Jameis was there, he was just hyper-targeting Olave, and it was fantastic. Uh, Dalton, you know, he has to throw the ball immediately so he doesn't get murdered, and he's old, so he can't really scramble out of the pocket. Divisional matchup, the probably super pissed off New England Patriots at 3-4, and four, uh, coming off a loss to take on their divisional rivals, the 5-2 and two Jets. New England currently two and a half point away favorites, minus 142 on the money line, plus 119 for the Jets. A very, very low over-under of just 40 points. Uh, fun fact, Pat, I was curious um, how often the over hits when the money, the over-under is that low. So I looked it up. If the over-under since 2015 is below... Uh, is 40 or below, the over has hit 93.5% of the time. 187 games out of 200, it has been the over. Two times it has landed exactly on 40, and 11 times it has been the under. And one of those times was this past week, actually. Um, so that easily puts me at the over here. I get divisional rivals are uh, usually a very close matchup and can be low scoring. Um, but that's too low. I, I think the, the Bill Belichick's upset. He's going to come out slinging. Mac Jones is again, going to be a starter after getting benched against the bears. And he has to be upset as well. So I think they're going to come out swinging and I don't know how much the jets are going to be able to, to stop it. Uh, let's say sauce Gardner has looked great, but he can only cover one person at a time. So I'm taking New England to win and cover here, and I will be taking the over. I'm going to take New England to win and cover as well, and I'll take the under. I think my concern, had Brees Hall still been available for the Jets, I would have taken them to win and, and the over. But I'm really concerned with the Jets. I just don't think the offense is going to work anymore. So there's no way they throw out James Robinson for 20 carries, right? Because that's... Like, not that he's Brees Hall, but that's that's the only way that this actually is a competitive game. Because if they don't have a run game, which Michael Carter cannot do that, I just I don't see them competing. I actually have a uh, start-sit dilemma right now. Um, I have a lot of my team on bye week uh, with Kansas City and the Chargers. Um, but I have James Robinson sitting on my bench here. I currently have Tyquan Thornton for New England in over him because I don't know how much work he gets and I don't know what to do. So I've been swapping those guys back and forth here a few times now. And I think I'll end up sticking with Thornton just because it is full point PPR and Robinson isn't really a pass catcher. So I just got to take my points where I can get them. Well, I would give you my advice, but I, I prefer to watch you lose. So I'll let you do that. Thank you. Well, how do you feel about the Steelers losing? Because they're two and five, taking on the six and zero, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. They are currently oh boy, Philadelphia ten and a half point home 
favorites minus 506 on the money line, plus 384 for the Steelers, which means you know I am actually going to go and take that bet because we win games we should not win. That's what we do. Um, over, under, a uh, little higher than expected of 43.5 points. And Pat, before we get started here, uh, breaking news here. Um, eventually I'll have my stream deck here to have a, a fancy sound for that. But uh, per source inside the Pittsburgh organization, TJ Watt plans to return from injury this Sunday to play the Eagles. Man, I thought you were going to tell me Chase Claypool got traded. Who would want him? Le- legitimate question. Who who wants him? I would, uh, I would have said Kansas City before they traded for Tony. Yeah. Um, Oh, could you imagine if they had Juju and Chase Claypool? That'd be so fun. Oh, that would be fun. Um, <laughs> because, unfortunately, I think they both do really well. Because Juju, even though he doesn't have great stats, he's low-key doing good. Um, people keep talking about Green Bay. I mean, I don't know. That seems like they kind of have that problem with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. Like, Watson's the big freak who can't do anything, and uh, Romeo Dubs can't catch the ball. So, basically, why would they get a guy who does both? Um, other than that, maybe see Arizona already got their wide receiver. I don't know. That's a good question. But the craziest thing is just how much we're quote unquote asking for him, which really just means, Hey, we don't want to trade him. This is where my brain was. This is how upset I am with the Steelers. I would have said, screw it. I think we should trade, um, Najee and chase Claypool. We should have gotten Christian McCaffrey. And just said, you know what, we're just going to go. Yeah, we would have, it wouldn't have mattered, but I'm saying next year. I'm because we wasted Najee's career. I'm just going to say that. Uh, he's never going to make it over any type of hurdle with this offensive line. And for me, until we start trading or drafting offensive linemen, why do we pick? We, we should just run shotgun. Yeah, I'm kind of at the point with the Steelers where. I think we should trade some of the guys we got. I hear we're getting some calls for Hayward. He's an older dude. Oh, he, he only has a couple years left on his contract. Why not get a few draft picks out of him? Um, draft some offensive line. I, I think that's completely fair. Same with Chase. I'm fine with that because I think I think Pickens is is the future uh, wide receiver for the next three years until we draft someone else. Um, Cause that just seems to be our thing, but I'm, I'm absolutely okay with getting rid of some of these uh, bigger names to get some draft picks for the future. Cause we're in a bad spot right now where we are. We're not exactly middle of the pack, but we're like that lower third where we're not going to get a fantastic draft pick because we're going to keep winning some random games that will keep us from doing that. So I'm more okay with, with going full rebuild in order to get back on track quicker than staying in kind of this like weird, ambiguous state of, are we good? Are we bad? And then staying that way because we're just a middle of the pack team. Uh, either way, Pat, um, it, this isn't fun, but Eagles to win. I'll take the Steelers to cover here at plus 10 and a half, uh, 43 and a half points. I'm, I got to pull open 
my sheet. I don't know why it's not doing this. I'm pretty sure I picked the under, but let me confirm. Well, I do that. I I picked the under in the Steelers to lose I, and cover. Yes. Yep. I'm I'm right there with you, Pat. I think I think we understand this team quite well right now. Um, we can't score. The model actually has them getting ten points here. Oh shit! I haven't been reading the models picks. Um, I'll speed run that real quick after this one. Um, but Pittsburgh can't score. Our offense can't do anything. Philadelphia's defense is fantastic. And Philadelphia turns on the gas for the first half and then coasts. That's just what they do. So they can't hit the over on their own. So all for that under. Now let me read off the model picks real quick. All right. Let's start with Thursday night's game. So Thursday night they had Baltimore to win and cover. Good job there. Uh, we talked Detroit-Miami. They have Miami to win, Detroit to cover. New York Jets, Miami, uh, New England Patriots, they have the Jets to both win and cover. Um, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh Steelers, they have Philly to win and cover. Dallas, Chicago, they have Dallas to win, Chicago to cover. New Orleans, Las Vegas, they have Vegas to win and cover. Who else did we talk about? Atlanta, Carolina, they have Atlanta to win, Carolina to cover. Arizona, Minnesota, Minnesota to win and cover. I think that's as far as we got. Uh, no, Denver, Denver, Jacksonville. They have Jacksonville to win and cover. All right, we are caught up there. Divisional matchup. Tennessee Titans 4-2 and two, taking on the 1-4-1. and one. Houston Texans. Um, Titans only favored by 2.5 points, which is absurd. Uh, minus 146 on the money line, plus 123 for the Houston Texans, over-under of just 40.5 points. I am going to be taking Tennessee to win and cover. Um, that's an easy one for me, the 2.5 points. They're just getting disrespected for whatever reason. Derrick Henry's going to score four touchdowns on his own. Um, and because of that, <laughs> uh, the the uh, Texans only need to get, you know, 10 points of their own or, or two scores. Uh, so I'm going to take the over. I think that's very low. Yeah, like I said, we're going to be so far off in these over-unders. I'm going to take Tennessee to win and cover, but I'm going to take the under. I just don't feel confident in Houston's offense at all. You don't, believe, really in the, behind that. You don't believe in the Pierce? He can get oh, one. Oh, I do, but he's not. he can't get 19 points himself or whatever. That's true. That is true. And then Wait, you, I, don't know, I, I don't know if you said this. Is Malik Willis starting, or is it Tannehill? Uh... Let's see. Because uh, according Tannehill to this, Tannehill it is currently Tannehill. still Tannehill. It was more of because I know Tannehill got removed from the game, so I wasn't sure if there's anything lingering. I didn't hurt. Okay, but and it doesn't matter either way. They suck. Yeah, it looks like he's he's a he's in uh, line to play, but yeah. we'll find out. I think it's a game time decision. It looks like. The three and four Washington Commanders taking on the three three and one Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Sam Ellinger gonna get his first NFL start here. Uh, guy from Texas, uh, UT, coming to play against Taylor Heineke. So this matchup is gonna be gross. Uh, probably just gonna be a run fest, maybe for both teams. Uh, <laughs> so 
Colts minus three, minus 148 on the money line, plus 125 for Washington, an over-under of 39.5. I already talked about the statistics there. I'm taking that over, even though I expect this to be a very disgusting game. Um, with that said, I, <laughs> I don't like either of these teams. I am picking purely based on Jonathan Taylor being able to run the ball and hopefully do what he was drafted to do. Um, so I'm taking the Colts to win and cover, but I'm, I'm not confident enough to actually bet on this game. For me, I think I'm going to take the Colts to win and cover as well. And I'm probably going to take the under. I just, like I said, there's too many question marks. Uh, people keep talking about Sam Ellinger and what he did at Texas. That doesn't always pan out, especially with these kids that come from these bigger schools that aren't high draft picks. So, I think for me, I'm really concerned that they're just going to try to consistently run the ball with Jonathan Taylor and that they could win, but it's going to be really, really low scoring and really boring. Yeah, by no means is this going to be a, a fun matchup. Did um, Ellinger was what, a fifth or sixth round pick, something like that? Something like that, I don't remember. He was he was pretty far back. Not high enough to matter. Sorry, Brady. Um. Uh, divisional matchup three and four San Francisco 49ers taking on the three and three Rams coming off the bye. Uh, San Francisco, this will be the first game where McCaffrey should know the entire uh playbook. So, curious how he does here. I hope well, but we will find out here. San Francisco currently favored by just one point, minus 115 on the money line, minus 105 for the Rams. Basically, that means Vegas has no idea what to expect. Over under of just 42 points. And I know I kind of talked, I've said it many times, it's it's low. And I expect over when it's a low total expected points. But I am going to go with the under here. I think both defenses are very good. I don't think the Rams have completely figured out their offense yet. Um, even San Francisco is pretty banged up. Debo is going to be out for this game. So... Maybe it's just going to be the Christian McCaffrey show, but we've seen that. This is probably a bad comparison to compare San Francisco to Carolina. But McCaffrey, while he can do it all in terms of fantasy points, he can't do it all for real football. So I I don't expect this to be a high-scoring affair. So I will take the under uh, 42 points here. And... I had to bite my tongue when I was making this pick. Uh, I know Kyle Shanahan has made McVay look like an idiot. A lot of the times they've matched up against each other. But I just got to believe in the process, and I will be taking the Rams as the home team to win and cover. Yeah, I think for me, I'm going to take San Francisco minus one. San Francisco to win and the under. And I think my logic behind that is when we saw McCaffrey join the team, I think it's going to take him a few weeks to get acclimated. So in terms of San Francisco's offense, it just seems, it's not that it's bad, but it's definitely not where its potential should be. And then we know the Rams are trash right now. So I, I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring defensive battle. So that's my logic for the under. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Uh, it could be just a straight-up boring game. You know, it could be, both sides of the ball are just giving the ball to one person. Rams are giving it to Cup. San Francisco's giving it to McCaffrey. And then that's it. They should really just 1v1 and, and see what happens. Let them play 
uh, defense and offense and let them switch around, you know, just really duel it up. New York Giants still not getting any respect, uh, even though they are 6-1, and one, the Seahawks 4-3, and three, currently minus three home favorites, uh, minus 162 on the money line for the Seahawks, plus 136 for the Giants, over under a 44 and a half points. I, I won't let this disrespect continue. I'm taking New York to win and cover, and I'm going to take the over. Uh, it seems like every game that Seattle is involved in hits the over. Um, so I'm just going to keep rolling with that. Both defenses aren't great. And yet again, I will take New York to win cover, but I will take the under just to be different. This is really going to be bad. One of us is going to be like zero and 16 or whatever. But I think my logic is that the under, I don't know. I'm not. I feel like both these teams are a little too good to be true. Like they're if they're defensively led, it's gonna be super, super slow. This is gonna be like the Rams 49ers game to me. Especially with DK probably not playing. Yeah, I think DK is leaning. He's currently questionable, but I think that's more doubtful. Lockett is also hurt. All right, the next matchup that on paper should be a good one, but I don't really expect it to be. Green Bay Packers at three and four, taking on the five and one Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are ten and a half point home favorites. Minus five hundred seventeen on the money line, plus three eighty nine for the Packers. Still a decently high over under of forty seven points, and I bet, well, with the implied totals that that is really expected to be all Buffalo. But I don't think they're going to need to shoot that high to beat the Packers. The Packers' current wide receiver one is going to be Sammy Watkins. So that doesn't feel great. But uh, I, I, I don't want to let this linger much longer because it's going to be a bad, bad time for Aaron Rodgers. Um, taking Buffalo to win, I will take Green Bay to cover. Um, that's a lot of points to give to Aaron Rodgers, and I will take the under 47 points. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Buffalo to win and cover. There's like Buffalo to win and Green Bay to cover. And I feel like the over, I feel like it's going to be a lot closer. Aaron Rodgers, that team has to be more put together than what they are. And I think that they found a good part of it by giving the ball to Aaron Jones a little bit more. Now, even though a lot of their wide receivers are either dead, useless, or both, um, I feel confident that, like you said, Rodgers should be able to bounce back. And with the way he's been acting, he seems like he knows that the team's going to turn it around. So I could see this being actually a pretty good game if Green Bay can not get blown out early in the first half. If they if they stick with it, it should stay that way the rest of the game. I forgot to be reading the model picks again. I'm a fucking amateur. I'm back. I haven't been here in a week. Oh, good, dude. Colts, Commanders. It took the Colts to win, Commanders to cover. For Bills, Packers, it's taking Buffalo to both win and cover. Seahawks, Giants, it's taking the Giants to win and cover. Rams, 49ers, San Francisco to win and cover. Uh, and that should be caught up. And now we're at the Cincinnati Bengals-Browns game. Um, the Browns, I'm sorry, Cincinnati is currently three-point away favorites. The model's going to take Cincinnati to win and cover, just so we get that out of the way and I don't forget. 
Um, let's see here. The on the money line, Bengals minus 172. Uh, Browns plus 144. Over under of 45 points. I think that was probably going to be higher, but Jamar Chase is knocked out, it sounds like, for sounds like about a month. They're not going to put him on IR for whatever reason. They think he can heal faster for some reason. Um, but he is going to be out for quite a bit, so it's going to be T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, I guess, and uh, mostly Joe Mixon. So they're going to throw up this, I think, is going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, both teams are going to want to run the ball. The Browns are very, very good at it. The Bengals are okay at it, but their head coach only likes to run the ball, even though they've been giving Burrow some freedom there to to pass it around. But Chase is gone. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to cause them to throw the ball more. I think it's going to have them throw the ball less because your star wide receiver's out. Not to say Higgins can't um, kind of take on that workload, but he is not Jamar Chase. With that said, I will take the Bengals to win and cover, and I will go the under 45 points because I, I really think the clock's just going to run out as they continuously run the ball on both sides. Yeah, I kind of agree with that logic. Uh, I took the over just because I feel, I guess when I made this, I wasn't thinking that Jamar Chase wasn't going to play, so I think I'm going to go and actually change that right now. <laughs> so I think I'm going to take Cincinnati to win and uh cover as well and um i'll take the under like i said i made this i picked the over i'm like oh the Bengals are gonna go all off but without jamar chase i don't really know how realistic that is all right well that will do it for this week be sure to follow us uh everywhere <laughs> twitter you can follow us at sweating podcast swtn underscore podcast you can follow us on action network uh at all of our accounts so my account is uh, Fantasy, P-Y-A-N-T-A-S-Y. Our podcast account is SWTN underscore podcast. The models account is SWTN underscore models. And Pat's account is Patrick Fox. So you can follow us there for all of our picks as we update them. And there, you won't just hear our picks. You'll get to see our actual bets that we are confident enough to go and bet on. And if you want to do some betting, especially prop betting, easiest way to do it is with Monkey Knife Fight. We have a link in the description. You get your first deposit match instantly up to 100 bucks. So if you want to go and bet on the London game, you can do that. Go deposit 100 bucks. You now have 200 bucks to make some prop bets with. And, and there's some other sports, I guess. You know, baseball World Series is happening, I heard. You can go play that if you want to, if you like to watch boring sports. But uh, if, if you're going to do boring sports, you might as well bet on them and make them interesting. Do that with Monkey Knife Fight. Link in the description. You can also check out BarkBox. That's a subscription service that sends dog treats and toys directly to your door. And they have toys and treats for dogs of all sizes, whether it's a puppy or a giant, giant dog. You can do either one. And if you click our link, you get a free month. So I recommend you check it out. Thank you, and we will see you next time.